Dude, Alex, I had the worst weekend. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. The worst Sunday. <laughs> oh my goodness. Did you hear a bad sermon or something? Well, no, it it, it happened before the sermon. So, we uh got a big snowstorm, right? Mhm. Like we're in Michigan, we're in Flint, Michigan. We got 10 inches of snow. Yeah, you know, that's like a normal December for us. Yeah. So anyway, I get up and I'm just, you know, moseying around the house all morning long, Sunday morning. And in the back of my mind, because my brain's not working, I'm thinking church starts at 1130. Yeah. It doesn't. Oh. It never has. Oh. Ugh. And so Jess is homesick. And so, like, I ask her, I was like, Jess, what time does church start? And she's like, you need to be there at 10 because I'm playing guitar at church. <laughs> it's 955. And I don't have any, like, I'm in my underwear. <laughs> So I throw clothes on. I throw. I just tell the boys, just get dressed. Anything. I don't care. Just get dressed. <laughs> I get Rex dressed, who's, you know, four years old. We get into the van. The van has no gas in it. <laughs> so now I'm already late for, like, rehearsal. Sounds like a Chevy church. Chase movie. And I have no gas in the van. I'm heading the wrong direction to get gas. I finally get to church. I don't have any time to warm up or anything. I just have just enough time to get my gear out on stage. We go out on stage, and we wear the in-ear monitors. Yeah, and fancy. Everybody starts playing except for me because my monitors weren't plugged in. <laughs> so I'm just kind of standing up there like a moron. Uh, you probably sabotaged the whole service. It it was really bad <laughs> because I was playing the lead guitar, so I had like the main hook opening up. In. And I'm like, just womp, nothing. The, the band's playing, but I'm not playing because I didn't know they were starting. Oh, man. Anyway, the worst part is a couple minutes later, the kids come out to sing a song for the congregation. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Except, remember how we got ready in five minutes? Yeah. My kids look terrible <laughs> i'm looking at all these other kids and they're all dressed up they all look nice they're all singing this song oliver is wearing my socks <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing one brown sock one gray sock and they're tucked into his sweatpants <laughs> and his hair i can't i can't handle this he's growing his hair out into long hair and it just looks like a complete rat's nest <laughs> Gunner is in the front row with like this chintzy Captain America pajama shirt on and sweatpants. And all the other kids are dressed so nice. I just feel like the worst dad in the world. I'm so glad like Jess was sick and not there to see it. There were people judging you for sure. Like whose kids are they? Like, it was really bad. They must live on the wrong side of the track. It was really bad. So my Sunday, I just wanted to melt and die like... I was. Just, I just wanted Jesus to come back and for it just to be over. Well, let me stop you right there, Jason, because while you were having the worst weekend ever, I was having the greatest weekend ever. On Saturday, I got to hang out with my grandma for her 79th birthday. That's incredible. And it was really fun just getting to see family and whatnot. So that was Saturday, but Sunday... Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, I saw the video start rolling in. Well, one, I didn't go to church because I was shooting... Uh, clay pigeons with my family that's right i texted you in the morning <laughs> yeah at 9 15 i'm shooting clay pigeons i'm not in my my pew 
Is See? that even that safe in that much snow? Whatever. You just got to shoot at the orange things coming out of the out of the building. I guess. Gotcha. <laughs> anyway, so guns. that's what I did in the morning. So I'm just braving the weather, just shooting clays with my family, with my uncles, my dad, and my cousin. And then from there, uh, my my buddy Chris comes and picks me up at my house and to go to a concert down in Pontiac and it was the four today farewell tour and silent planet was playing Norma Jean was playing and four today was the headliner and my wife is telling me she's like Alex are you are you sure you should be going out I mean the roads are getting bad and they're only going to get your worse official Shauna voice no that's not <laughs> I can't wait for her to listen to this <laughs> and she's like you know are you sure you should be going out because you know this the roads are getting bad I'm like nah don't worry Chris has a Jeep commander like it's four wheel drive we're going to get down there just fine you're good and he shows up and I'm like alright Chris we're hopping in the Jeep let's go I'm like man we're just going to brave through the storm aren't we he's like no we're not this is a southern Jeep. It doesn't have four-wheel drive. Oh. It's just rear-wheel drive. And it's like, okay. So it took us about an hour to get from uh, Pontiac or from Flint to Pontiac. Holy and then cow. we get to the show, and it was just the most one of the most amazing shows I've ever been to. And I'm like just like a dad, just sitting in the back with my arms crossed with my other dad friends. And we're just just enjoying the show. And I don't know why kids do this, but uh, I watched a fight happen at a Christian metal concert. You would think that they would go off in the corner and have like their own little Matthew 18 session. No, they didn't. They just started fighting, and I just watched this this big kid just start punching a crowd of people. They're probably Old Testament Christians. Maybe, but it's like, man, like, can we just like for real like not punch people? Like, we're supposed to be Christians here. Maybe he wasn't a Christian. I don't know. I didn't evangelize him that night. But yeah. anyway, you are having the worst weekend ever. I'm having one of the best weekends ever, and now we're gonna have one of the best guests on our show to date, the Flint Roller Derby team. Yeah, the Flint City Derby girls, Alex. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, they braved the snow. They came out here to my house. We're recording in my house today. Yeah. Instead of your basement, a little more room in here. Yeah, just a little bit. A little, little echoey, but they're going to come on and share their, their story of how they went from really just not a very good team. Yeah. To a good team. And in the middle of that, uh, an amazing story of how our church opened their doors. Which you don't see every day. No, not at all. I mean, I would really like to you know, see the statistic. How many churches are opening up their doors to roller derby? Yeah, our church opened their doors. Maybe we're the first ones. For We might be the only church in the United States that has a roller derby team practice at its facility. Wow. Crazy times we live in. Yeah, Crazy times. Anyway, we're going we're gonna to have them share their story of how the church saved roller derby there for a, a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we got a great interview coming up for you. This is not your pastor's roller derby episode. Hey, we are here with the Flint Roller Derby team. Uh, this episode is brought to you in part by Eighth Day Circumcision. Uh, here's a tip. Just get a snip. You can be all like all the other Abrahamic boys. Uh, we are here, like I said, with uh, Mike. Ridiculous. My, what? <laughs> that's, 
Keep going. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I, I want to make sure that intro. you're okay. I'm good with it. This is a legit company that's sponsoring <laughs> our our podcast. It's a little old covenant, but it you know whatever. How much they how much they paying for the advertising space? Uh, you know, you're supposed to say thirty pieces of silver. Oh, I was gonna make a foreskin joke, but whatever. <laughs> I heard they work for chips. <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, we get paid like eight days after. Yeah, we get paid eight days after. <laughs> this is like the worst way to start off a podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just a stupid company. <laughs> anyway, we are here with the Flint Roller Derby team. This is, I was really looking forward to this episode, Jason. Like, I'm just, I want to hear stories. I want to learn about roller derby. It's not, it's not, you know, Ellen Page and Whippet. It's actually different than that. Well, I mean, you mentioned this, like we had Sean Costello on, who yeah, was on our homeschool all the way episode. back to episode yep, two. Episode two. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> a roller derby referee. And you said in that episode, hey, maybe we should get like the Flint City Roller Derby girls on one episode. Was that my idea? It yes. was. It was your idea. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't remember. I'm running on three hours of sleep right now. Yeah. A little tired from the concert, are you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> all right. So maybe we should uh, introduce you guys, huh? Yeah. So all, when we do this, are we going to do roller derby names as well? Because that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't do you want to hear my that? roller derby name? What's your, yeah, what's your <laughs> roller derby name? So my last name, obviously, is Ryman, Alex Ryman. So I wanted to either be called R- Ryman Noodles. <laughs> Or Alexander the Skate. <laughs> the Ryman Noodles, for yeah. sure. Okay. That's a no-brainer. I'm, I'm glad we got that. Yes. <laughs> got that decided tonight. We should immediately become just noodles. Just <laughs> yeah. I made ramen for the family last night and totally overcooked it. How do you screwed up ramen? So why don't you guys need to grab your mic. So why don't we start with you, Jess. My wife. I'm Jess. Dunkin' Gonuts. <laughs> Ashley, Ashtray. Uh, Nick. I just go by Nick. <laughs> coach. Yeah, I coach the team also. He goes by other names he doesn't know about. He just, um, <laughs> it's better that way. And I'm Ocho. Yeah, what's your affiliation with Team Ocho? Oh, God. You're like uh, the guru of roller derby here. No, no, Skate I just, day. you're like the Mr. Skate Miyagi, day. is that what it is? <laughs> For a brief period with this team, and then they found out that wax on and wax off just gets you like beaten. So uh, <laughs> I I love the way you describe that. But for our listeners who maybe have never heard of roller derby or don't know anything about derby, we need to explore it. So what is it? Well, how is it played? Even all right. So it's you got to think about it kind of basic. Uh, there's two two girls that wear stars on their helmets. We'll call those the jammers. They're racing each other, and basically they're just trying to lap opponents and they get a a one point for every opponent they lap and the most points wins and it's played on an oval track um i mean that's really just the basics of it if you understand that part then you can kind of start we can break it down a little bit more but it's all about just two girls racing and then what you have is each team will field four other players that will be we call them blockers and they will they will stay within like a group of each other we call it proximity within 10 feet of each other um, and we'll call it, that, that's the pack. And these girls are going to work as a team to either help their jammer get through or to prevent the other jammer from getting around and scoring points. Um, we can get technical with the rules, but that's really the, the foundation of the game right there. And so, Alex, it's pretty much like Quidditch. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, if you put it into Harry Potter terms, I, I'm right lockstep with you. <laughs> 
I'll see what I can do. But the jammer is the snitch. (laughs) (laughs) So one thing that I noticed at the the game that I went to is that the what do you guys call the thing that goes on the helmet that's got the star? What is that called? Panty. (laughs) (laughs) Alex just wanted to hear somebody say panty. (laughs) That's the only okay way to use the word panties you can't yeah. i agree they're You're... underwear but i put panties on my head exactly <laughs> i wear underwear i put panties on my head yep. oh my gosh yeah i thought it was like a, a team nickname when i first started like i thought that we called them panties and then realized that was the actual term <laughs> yeah i remember jess coming home from that first practice and like explaining the game to me and then saying yeah and then they put panties on our head and i'm like what Black lacy ones? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, the the rules are all grown up now, and they finally call them helmet covers. But we still call them panties. Yeah, panties. that's what everybody still calls them. Actually, in Austin, I've seen uh, panty covers that were uh, actually like lace with satin panels. So, <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so funny. That'd be no, so it's. Funny. But these are the people who also had penalties that involved pillow fights and spankings oh and goodness. stuff like that. Too. That sounds Austin like a, Roller Derby. Real? That doesn't oh sound God. like the game that I've been watching. No, no, it, it was like all. burlesque. It was a playful burlesque. There was never anything wildly inappropriate. It was just silly. Just almost, people almost people so went expecting to see sexy, and they said, "Okay, we're going to give you sexy, but there's also going to be a sport." And somehow it worked. It still works beautifully. It's one of the most imaginative. Uh, fusions of hard-fought, hard-worked athleticism and a show without anything being prescripted or anything else. The only thing that's built into it from the beginning is the fun. Uh, I would say, like, over the past, like, what? how long have you been playing, Jess? Six years. Yeah, over the past six years, we've watched it go from, like, less, like, uh, fishnets to more of, like, an athletic game. Well, I, like, remember when I first started playing roller derby, people, like, before they played a game, they would be like, oh, I need to, like, figure out my bout fit. Like, that's what they, like, my bout fit. So they'd figure out, like, what they were wearing to the game. And now it's, like, what, everybody wears the same nasty shorts they wore to practice the night before and, like, just, you know, super athletic looking. Changing, like, when I first... Uh, joined the team or started with you guys I remember the first game that I saw yeah there were tutus and fishnets and yeah you had crazy pants on too actually and then I remember coach saying uh, that he liked the black shorts like he liked the uniform black shorts and then that was just our thing like looking the same we- they were donuts and space leggings it still drew me in it still drew me in with the tutus and all and the, the donut space pants I was still into it yeah, I think there's like two different elements within the game because I think a lot of people are drawn to that, like the dress up, the the different names. Creepy guys mostly. For sure, the, yeah. the well, names. Yeah. Like even even as serious as I want to get with it, I don't want to give up my derby name. Like I know a lot of like really serious players go by their their real name, but I think it's that adds that adds like some of it's like the a persona. old derby to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you called it the Ocho. You call it like the tribalism. And when you were when you were saying that, I was like. My brain, or like going through my like world view, it's like I'm thinking there's a lot of correlations there between what roller derby is and what the church is Absolutely. like for people, and like you hear like different, like I've heard people with their their uh, to use a church word testimonies of roller derby and how roller derby has like changed their life and like. Like I, I hear those and so I was, like, many Christian terms. Yeah, I'm gonna use a lot, but 
I think like uh, there's not on the surface level there's not 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 that much of a difference there. One of the earliest derby slogans and things that was on T-shirts, on bumper stickers, what we call merch, was the phrase "Derby saved my soul." And I can't, I've lost track of all the stories that people have told me, uh, whether they're women from abusive relationships or kids who normally would have run away to try and find something, who instead found this thing, they found this purpose, they found this other family, this group of friends, this whole thing that they wanted within the tribe, and it made them a better person. It made them whole in a way that they didn't know. So yeah, within the church, Derby is a congregation. I, for one, am an absolute Derby evangelist. Anyone who's ever had to deal with me at a cocktail party or a Rotary Club meeting or anything else will see me hold forth about all the positive attributes it brings, not just to the community, but to the actual individuals who are part of it. So, yeah, I, the, the corollary to that, uh, the Church of Derby is another phrase I've heard because people come there, they testify, they get preached at, they get the fire and brimstone of what happens if you do not work hard, if you do not play well. I use as examples the teams that you wind up going to. I mean, I, I have my version of hell. It's called Battle Creek. But, um, <laughs> we'll talk about that. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> no, but what a team you don't, or someone that you don't get along with or something like that, yeah, you use them as the other. Without the, the fallen, the exalted don't shine. Yeah. Simple as that. And that's... <laughs> We use the same kind of terminology when we explain the gospel. Can like, we? Can when you edit this, whenever Ocho talks, can you put like air organ behind it? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> like, like do, do some yeah. And then we'll have, like, uh, we'll have Ocho go into what we call pastor mode, where he's just preaching it. Just yeah. bring bring I'll, the word. Ocho. I'll record some like amens, like <laughs> preach it, brother. And you can put that in behind while he's he's talking. No, but there's It'll something serious. I want our listeners to because a lot of our listeners will probably be your conservative church types, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not your pastor's podcast. That's just who our base is. And so I want them to hear those direct correlations because I think a lot of people think like, well, Jesus or the church is the only way I can have a positive impact on my life. And that's that's just not the case. Like there are other areas like where people can have a tremendous impact on their life in a, in a positive sense. If you want to get exposed to some people you would never meet otherwise, you know, roller derby was, was huge. I've met so many people I just well, I would never come into contact with otherwise like women in different stages of life just having completely different stories it's really cool to be that close with them i think um to kind of compare it a little bit or i don't even know if that's the right word uh you know we leave we leave for the most part we leave politics and and religion out of practice and when we show up there everyone's there to better themselves i think (laughs) and so i think that no matter where you come from in life or, or what you believe, everybody's there to work as hard as they can. And that has like created a sense of community where we all have found this same common purpose. And, and we work, you know, I, I like to call us a family. And I think that um, you're going to, I mean, that's the same thing you're going to see in a church, everybody coming together for like a common purpose. Um, it's a different, you know, different idea, but the same thing, everybody's there for the same reason, focused on the same thing. And so I think that, you know, the girls that go there and, and even to tie in the name thing, which it's the one non-serious thing I really enjoy about the sport, 
because for me it's like it's almost like a rite of passage for them like they come and they train so hard for like i mean for some of them a year or two years just to make the team and then it's like they've proved something to themselves and they get to like like be their own kind of superhero and so they pick their name some of them have it before but you know like some of them pick it right then they're like i want to get it then like when i've earned it and so i think I think that that's that's why that the name thing's important, at least for our team. And I've always like I always wanted to ditch it, but I think that nowadays it's like the one the one thing that reminds me of of Derby that I would like to stay, not the fishnets, but the names. <laughs> um, but but I think there's you can you'll find a lot of comparisons in it. You know, it's like we all we all are there trying to help each other and, and help our community. And really that's what the whole thing's about. It's, you know, it's not a, I don't think you have to put labels on things to necessarily like believe the same things or have the same ideals. And so I think we all come together on that. I, that front. I, I didn't go into it realizing it was going to be such a community like that. Like I thought it was going to be more of just like a fun, fun time. Cool. We meet up, we do whatever. I didn't realize there was community service involved with it. I didn't realize how, how much we were going to have to do outside of that. Like, how much other time I was going to be putting into it. It really is a lifestyle lifestyle change. Well, that's sure. that's actually a good segue point, Ashtray. Is, is that what we... Are we doing Are we doing derby names? Just go with I'll Ash. I'll respond. Ash, okay. That's a good segue. Let's let's talk yeah, about the story. name, Ashtray. <laughs> we call her Ash, but formally, I mean, with front paperwork, you have to write Ashtray. <laughs> with a middle initial. <laughs> so... Jess and Ash, how did you guys come in contact with the team? Let's let's get that story. So I watched the movie Whip It like everybody else who joined Roller Derby around 2010, 2008 to 2010. Yeah, 2010. Anyway, so I watched it and I was like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I wonder if there's anything like that around here. So I looked it up and I actually found a different team. Because Flint didn't email me back when I emailed them. <laughs> and so I had a year where I played for a different team. And then I joined Flint. And it actually came up on my time hop last week that it was my five-year anniversary with Flint. So that was, that's how I joined Flint. I, <laughs> I went to a fan appreciation game. It was a, a free game a couple of years ago. And... Uh, and I just, I loved it. I had no idea how to be a part of it at all, but it was awesome. I actually thought it was so above anything that I could possibly do. I was just watching it in awe, and the girl that I had come with, the girl that I went to the game with, uh, stopped one of the skaters afterwards and was like, how can we join? How do we do this? And it was Ellie, and she was like, we're having a meeting tomorrow at this bar. Come check it out. And uh, the friend and I were supposed to go, and she ended up ditching me at the last minute. So I went to this meeting by myself and everybody immediately, I walked in the door and everybody was just so nice right off the bat. It just, uh, I think Ocho told me, like, asked if I was ready to, to sell my soul. <laughs> ready, to, ready to give up my, uh, sounds my about right. <laughs> and then fast forward to two years later when you are tournament MVP at Mitten King. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I, hard work. Yeah, yeah, beyond anything I could have ever thought. I thought, I didn't even know that I would be able to skate. I mean, yeah. This little bit of time later, I just tried out for Team Michigan. Like, what is my life now? <laughs> Jess's eyes got so like big and glassy, like, she's about to cry. <laughs> it's like a Leslie Nope in April Ludgate. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what you guys look like right now. I just love her so much. 
So I, I wanna... love my teammates. Like yeah. watching people like we we teased Ash and called her Bambi when she first joined because well, like she could not ski- like you couldn't even stand I, up well, on and your then skates. I would trip everybody else. Like even if I would stand up, like I would I would plow up a little bit and knock. I just remember one time we thinking... partnered with Autumn and she just was so mad at me the whole time. I was constantly tripping her. I just remember you kicking me and like thinking like if she kicks me one more time, I swear. <laughs> Like, yeah, <laughs> like yep. but like seeing you go from that to like oh, like yeah. I love it yeah I don't suck anymore <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things I want to get into because I, 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 you know obviously I've been watching you guys over the last several years here when I first started watching your games you guys were pretty terrible like <laughs> like just uh, I don't think anybody here would disagree I kind of want to start. Alex and I do this thing on our on our show where we kind of start with the bad news first, and then we get to the good news kind of kind of type thing. And so, 2014 was we don't is, speak of 2014 is where I want you guys to start. <laughs> we don't speak of so, 2014. Well, I think it's fair to talk. The, the year the year itself is definitely worth talking Voldemort. about. It may have it may have culminated in a bad moment, but. Yeah. I, I would say 2000 well 2014 was the year I started as head coach like that was starting in January I, that I took over like I get, that was the moment we got to start doing things my way however there was a lot of resistance to change so that whole year was a struggle of changing the culture um, and by the end of the year we had changed the culture however I think where you want to start is at the very end of the season where everything is starting to come to a head. We actually thought we were pretty good going into that Midden Kittens tournament, and um, I take I I'll, I like to take full responsibility of that one because I didn't prepare the team for that one. I thought we we had the talent to do okay, uh, but we got beat up really bad. Uh, we didn't uh, communication was terrible. I was in a horrible mood. I was like the worst version of myself I've probably been since I started this sport, and uh, you know it. It was rough. Like I, I, I'm surprised that Ocho and I are friends now. Like it's, it's a good thing our friendship was so strong because he should hate me for the way I, I acted. I was out of control. But, Aww, but it was, you know, I was thoroughly embarrassed at the tournament, and it was my own doing. I think, it, you know, partly I don't think everybody was buying into what I was doing, and and so there was a whole lot of of, of chaos. But you know, after that tournament, I think we had one more game, and 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 I don't honestly could. I don't remember if we, even if we had a game or what happened, but at the end of that season, there was kind of a decision to be made, and it was, are people going to buy into what I'm selling, and, or are we just going to stay in this state of chaos? And so I think like three of, three or four of our skaters left for two other leagues in the area and took and took with them a couple of our, our fresh beat, which are the brand new skaters, training to be on the team. And uh, we were left with... I think like is that when we had nine people left? I think we had eight. Well, we had seven because well, we had Ash and, and yeah, Katrina. that was the the first meeting that I went to was when those all those people were quitting when there was like it was like a coup against you like yeah it's like a the team yeah. uprising and uh, yeah and then right after that Katrina and I made the team making it nine skaters which is just the smallest team yeah <laughs> for people who follow other sports you know the the season kind of ends with the playoff or the tournament yeah and you're watching any other sport and with roller derby 
here in Michigan, Mitten Kitten is that culmination. It is it is it's the the end all. And you guys completely bombed out of it. You leave Battle Creek Mitten Kitten with less skaters than you came in with yeah. and we less were, money. You guys were pretty much I mean, bankrupt. We were broke. We had we had $5. Literally SME. five. They like canceled our bank account because we didn't have enough money to hold a bank account. It was literally like five dollars. But enough our... to buy a hot and ready. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> team hot and ready. So you know Not this up the road. They're expensive up the road. <laughs> this right Not here, that that moment where we realized we had five dollars left. That was like the moment where we had to make a decision. Um, you know. The people had already left. We, you know, the the argument at the league meeting where that that all had passed, and we were left with people who wanted to see this succeed and wanted to do it as a team. And we we had a meeting and we said we have five dollars. We cannot afford to rent Rollhaven anymore at fifty five dollars an hour. Um, we can't afford to exist. Like, what are we going to do? And um, I mean, I remember that because um, I was on the board at the time, and the well, I still am, but. The board meeting at that time and literally sitting there looking at the five dollars and just like the moment of like what are we going to do are we i mean the question was brought up are we going to continue are we going to exist how are we going to make this work and it was like you know looking back on it it was like an amazing moment because it was a group of us sitting at that table like we are going to do what it takes we want this to work we want to see what we can do and um, where we can see this team in a few years. So it was actually like, in one sense, it was like a really like crushing moment where it was like, what, like, is this it for me? Am I done? And then looking back on it, it was like the turning point of where our team just started to just get, do really well and work together and have this amazing team culture that we have now. Basically, long story short, putting it for our, our um, Christian listeners, we cast their rebel thrones from the walls. They decide to reign in hell. <laughs> and the rightful order of the New Testament of Flint Derby begins at this point. A new so, covenant, if you will. Yeah. Yes. That 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 that's exactly it. There's an old testament with fire and brimstone and all the other stuff and all that things that went in the first few years. This is how the creation starts. <laughs> and everything else. And that's fine. You have your heroes, you have your villains. You have your warring tribes. We have all these things that have happened. These are all well known to any scholars of Derby. We had Old Testament roller derby. Now we got some New Testament roller derby here. You guys have seven skaters, two brand new skaters. You got $5 in the bank. And our church does something and opening their doors to allow you guys to practice there. Yeah, so... Um... At that board meeting, we're, you know, in this spot, we're like, what are we, what are we going to do? We have no money. We can't afford to pay anybody. Of course, like in our league, every skater pays their monthly dues. But I mean that when you have seven people, that's nothing. Now, rental space at any facilities, it's a lot of money. Yeah, so I mean, our, you know, we were going to the local um, skater rink, Rollhaven, $55 an hour. Well, when you skate four hours a week that adds up and so I called a few other places and then finally I called our pastor and I was like Josh man like my team has no money we've got nowhere else to go can we 
can we can we have practice here? Can we skate here? And he's like, well, why don't you call Mr. Fox and you work it out with him? He's like, I don't care what you, you guys are welcome there. Call Mr. Fox, work it out with him. And so I've known Mr. Fox since I was in seventh grade. I went to high school with his daughter and middle school with his daughter. And so, you know, I, I love Mr. Fox. He's amazing. And, you know, big shout out to him. And he allowed us to skate there for a few months. We didn't pay the church anything so that we could kind of get our finances and everything together. And then he's, after a few months, he's like, why don't you guys start like 50 bucks, you know, just to pay for the, keep the lights on while you're here. And we got to polish the floor a little bit more after you guys leave, you know, this and that. We're like, yeah, totally. And now it's worked up every few months. He'd be like, how about you, you know, a little bit more. And we are at a comfortable spot now. I think we pay him $200 a month, which he like doesn't even ask for. Like we have to bug him to pay him. So I remember growing up in like the church atmosphere and there was a church up the road from us that had a really big parking lot and me and my cousins would want to go ride our bikes in their parking lot. And one day the guy came out and he's like, you can't ride your bikes here because if you break an arm, you're going to sue our church and this and that. And so um, finding a church that will let anything other than like worship happen in its walls is really, really hard. I mean, I the church Jason and I used to go to, they wouldn't allow um, baby swings in the nursery because if a baby fell out, they might, like the parent might sue. Like it's re- like churches are really scared of getting sued by people. So when you guys first started uh, practicing at our church, they made everybody get baptized, right? Right away, immediately. <laughs> and, the, uh, baptismal, state, the, baptismal faith, was, right? Uh, the baptismal was set up and I was like, guys, this is the deal. You want to skate here? You all got to get baptized. Come to church once a month. <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is to what's funny is I always joke that like our derby church goes to church more than most people who go to church. Yeah, because you guys you guys practice at a church two to three times a week, so you guys are you guys are technically in church in the traditional sense of the word more than church people are. Yeah, it's kind of crazy too because I used to kind of joke about the fact that because we practice on Sundays. I would joke that um, that was my church, and uh, now that we practice in a church on Sundays, it's like not a joke. It's like we're that my derby, ch- <laughs> my derby is at church. It's very, it's very. Strange. Well, what's funny too is like we were getting a lot of compliments at Mitten Kitten this year about how our team is like well behaved and polite, and um, that we are not rude to the refs or the um, non skating officials or anything like that, and. Um, I heard a couple of people like reply, well, we do practice at a church. So. <laughs> You've had some awkward moments there. Practicing yeah. I'm kind of curious too. if like, like you had to have like, who was the first person to swear at the church? Uh, me <laughs> immediately. Well, there was a, yeah, I don't know. I'm having a hard time refraining even tonight. Like I'm a, I, I, yeah, I swear a lot. Well, there was, there was a lot of like, I'm sweating like a whore in church jokes. Yeah, <laughs> there were, oh, and when we do like the, the booty, the booty stretch, Oh yeah, yeah. Lazy doing it. The the lazy housewife. That's the one. (laughs) Yes, I remember everybody being like, "We're doing this in a church." Oh no! (laughs) But uh, you know, it gets really, really hot sometimes. So everybody just pops their top off. You know, we all got sports bras on. But that was definitely weird. Like the first time, like. Oh, there's the pastor and his kids. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm in my, I'm in my sports bra and short shorts. I only see you Easter and Christmas, but hello. Oh, yeah, because you're a creaster, right? Oh. I 
I am f- I'm there for America. I go for my sister to watch her sing beautifully in the church band. <laughs> All I can think of is Danny Harvey and like the church lady, like, well, 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 what do we got here? Like, hmm. There was, there was another time. Christmas Easter. <laughs> another time more recently, a few of us, um, not, there's a few girls on our team that go to that church, but none of them happen to be there <laughs> at this exact time. And we're all getting uh, getting geared up and stuff. And this woman comes up and she's like, "Wow, so you girls play roller derby, huh?" And we're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's pretty fun. You know, whatever." And she's like, "Well, it's it's so nice of the church to let you come practice here." We're like, "Yeah, definitely." She's like, "Well, I have a I have a daughter that used to play roller derby, and she lives out west now, and she's she's backslidden, and I just want to send her a photo of you girls and show her that that <laughs> girls like her can be at the church, and that's totally fine." And we're like. <laughs> Yeah, but we're not involved with the church at all. Like some some girls are, but we're not particularly. She's like, well, d- I mean, so you can't pray for her or anything? I'm like, no, that's not. It's not really our bag. Sorry. So she's like, well, can I take a photo to send to her anyway? So we're like giving thumbs up in the photo. Like, yeah, we'll think. I, I think I said like, I hope she finds Derby again, which I know was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> Ashtray, you were supposed to say Jesus. That's what she was hoping for. I, I'm sure it was. I felt so bad. Not a single member of the church. Well, there's like four girls that go to the church yeah, that skate, four, and yeah. not not a single one of them was there. I do think it's pretty cool. Like you've kind of seen the the two cultures, the derby culture and and kind of this church culture, kind of marry together into something. Because at your last game. And Alex and I were there. We shot that Facebook live video. There were probably 30 to 40 people from our church there. Nice. Like A lot of like the older women in the church were there because they've seen Derby. They see the empowerment of... Right. And they're like, we want to come and watch yeah. you girls. I mean, we see you guys Wednesday nights before we leave Wednesday night Bible study. And we just, we just want to come see you guys. And they were like into it. And they really enjoyed it. And... Yeah, I mean, you would never anticipate those two cultures coming together, but yet they are. I know our, our pastor, one of our pastors, Doc, who we've had on our show too, he came to a game and I was pointing out like all the people who were church there. He starts laughing. He's like, did they open in prayer? Like, is there, there were so many church people like at, at your roller derby bout. It's it yeah, it kind of funny. It's not two things that you necessarily think go together, but it's, no. it's, it's going seamlessly. Well, I remember um, Ellie uh, and Sean, when they first joined our league, um, they, our first game at Pirani, they brought their, the church group. I can't remember, um, exactly what the group was. Was it like her choir group? Yeah, I, I think, think so. It was, it was about 40 or 50, like 50 year older women and a couple men maybe, but mostly women. And they all wore gray, pink, black, and white in some variety. And they all color coordinated. They had this whole little section right by our so starting adorable. line. The square. so adorable. And, um. Our announcing can get a little racy at times, and uh, I think, uh, yeah, they were a little, they were little, little scared by uh, by uh, how crazy it got. But um, it was, I I will never forget these old church ladies during the intro just going wild for the team. <laughs> and I was like, we need to get these women back here every. Game. I mean, church ladies, yeah. Who knew? yeah. number one it's roller cycle. derby fans. <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be a lot more. Um, 
partying when I joined the team, like rough and tough and smoking cigarettes. And, you know, I thought it was going to be uh, like what you see in the movies, like what you see in Whip It. And that is not the case. These are mothers that have to get home early for their kids. Like these are, you know, <laughs> s- students. You and- practice in yeah. church. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's completely different than what I thought it was. <laughs> Can I real quick? I wanted to touch on that. The the one I think the reason that women just flock to this, like it, from all walks, uh, it you mentioned earlier the empowerment, uh, like that's what I get out of this sport. Like the coolest part for me, it's not like the winning and losing. Like I love to compete, but uh, like seeing these women come in here and uh, be like shy and unconfident or unathletic or just something like. All, it seems like every one of them that sticks with it is looking like trying to find themselves in some aspect and uh, through just like, I mean, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's hard. I don't even want to do it. Like, they make fun of me all the time. I don't even put my skates on anymore because I work them so hard that I can't even keep up with it. But um, It was too many sack taps in one. It took them down. <laughs> yeah. Wear a cup if you play men's derby. Uh <laughs> But uh, no, but you you know you see you, you see these women. Uh, go, sorry to go back to serious. They're all un- unintentional by the majority. They were not, they were not unintentional. They were all from her. Uh, no. They targeted me. Uh, tried to hurt. It's, it's legal, coach. It's yeah. illegal weird. hitting zone. You're right. Don't tell me. Legal yeah. target so zone. The whole, the whole front of the body, uh, above the knees, is legal to hit. So it's one of those rare things in nature where a slight tapping, <laughs> yeah, is enough to take. You yeah. Out. Well, I mean, one <laughs> one one of the most evasive moves in roller derby is called the mohawk, where you turn sideways, and if you if you're facing the inside of the track, skating on the outside that way, you're just left wide open to a shot straight to the junk. And they will take advantage of it. But, but yeah. So, so one of the things I want to get back to is I want to get back to your story. So 2014 is terrible. The church lets you start practicing at the facility. They give you that free practice space. And then you start you start building a little bit. Yeah. Actually, I didn't realize what uh, blessing the church was going to be. I actually was a little frustrated at first because it's a little small and I'm used to this big, nice track. But uh, what it allowed us was a whole lot of freedom that we'd never had before. Uh, it allowed us to, it allowed me to train the new girls on a totally different time as opposed to trying to like train new girls in the team at the same time with different coaches. And it never really, it kind of divided my attention a lot. And this allowed me to have two separate uh, practices and, and and it really just it allowed me to build the team and that's uh, through numerous injuries and other things. Uh, Ocho's girlfriend uh, has been off for a year recovering from knee surgery. Fortunately, she's taken over those duties for me. But it, it, the, yeah, it really allowed us to uh, to build up and just keep focusing on the prize. We trained, we trained, we trained, and uh, we all of a sudden we just had. Uh, I mean, we finished that that next what 2015. We finished pretty decent. We we lost i think once we finally won that game at that against detroit we didn't lose too many more games that season and the ones we did lose were understandable like we played that down river team i spoke of uh they filled in for a team that backed out and they were well above us and uh but yet i think that game gave all these girls confidence like they were terrified like i actually i feel like uh i offended a lot of the players on the team by scheduling that game they were like, they're going to kill us. They're going to hurt us. And what they found out is while they were way better than us, they didn't get hurt and they were fine. And so they were like, okay, we can do this. 
I think everybody started to believe and we started winning and winning. And we went to that tournament. Uh, we played the Lapeer team in the first round. We beat them by like 350 points or something like some unreal number. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That was refreshing for me to see. Cause I remember you guys getting beat by 300 and something points yeah. and then to watch you guys like totally whip on. Okay. You guys, I can put it to you this way. C.S. Lewis and the screw tape letters. Um, well, which is re- an amazing he's referencing novel. a book. It's a derby novel. Screw tape writing to the fresh meat wormwood talks about <laughs> that people mistake he's throwing it down. They think that life is all about straight trajectories. No, life in the universe is all about undulation. There's up and there's down, and how you deal with the up and the down is how you live life. It is never a straight upwards thing to the heavens. It is never a straight descent into hell. And you have to recognize that the good and the bad times are all part of the same path that you're on. Flint has been on that path all along. We've had our measure of bad, but God, we so enjoy the up. And that's the thing we've learned to appreciate because we know it's always going to be that way. And we just have to take advantage of the times when it's good. And we just have to deal with the times when it's bad. Bad times bring us good people. It has always happened. It strengthens our resolve. Good times test you because you get cocky and confident like we did going into the 2014 Mitten Kittens. We were, go- we were on an upward swing on that, and we crashed down hard, but we didn't continue down. So, yeah, it's Mitten Kittens like that, all these things. We've learned to roll with it. All right, so let me recap where we're at in the story. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But 2014, you guys bomb out of the Mitten Kitten tournament. It's a disaster. You're left with nine skaters. Actually, seven skaters, two brand new skaters, $5 in the bank. You start practicing at the church. 2015 rolls around. You take your nine skaters into Mitten Kitten. This is a year later. And through the process of sanctification for our church listeners. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes, I love it. uh, You guys end up taking second place. In Division Two, yeah, yes. the year prior, you guys bombed out of Division Two. You guys were laughed off the track. Two thousand, actually, prior. actually, I think that that was the debut of Division Two. I think the year before was just one big yeah. tournament, okay. and we okay. we got last place. I think, or uh, we, did, I'm sorry, we didn't actually get last place. Just because of our seating coming in, we were we got third to last. We we couldn't do worse than that. Okay, we did the worst we could do. <laughs> we did, did the, the worst, worst we possibly do. could have done for but that. We got worse we would have. How did, many yeah. skaters did you have then? Uh, like twelve or something. Yeah, I think it was twelve. I, which we were like, oh my goodness, we're skating with only since, twelve. Yeah, since <laughs> I returned to this team, I have <laughs> never had a full roster. Yeah, and then you skate an entire season with nine, and you're like twelve. What a luxury. Yeah. So 2015, you guys are starting to turn the tables a little bit. You guys yeah. you guys finished second place in Division 2. You had so many skaters foul out of that championship game. All but three. All but three skaters. All the, all the three newest skaters that we had. Yeah. All Ash, were you the... still in at that point? Yes. So, yeah. yes. I, I, I want to tell a quick story about yeah. that. Yeah. So um, we had, with I believe two or three jams left, we had five left, which is the minimum you can pull. I mean, you need to play. And uh, I remember either the second to last or the third to last or, or the next to last jam, I called the timeout just to hug the people left. Like, I didn't have any words of wisdom. 
I just hugged okay, them. I just yeah, like, it was just like, thank you for continuing to do this, you know? <laughs> like, like, like I, I just remember, like, looking over at Crystal, and this Mitten Kitten, that week weekend was her first games yeah. ever. It was kind of like, well, we're just going to throw you in. You'll probably just sit on the bench. It'll be okay. And then she was, like, one of the last people left. Hey, on that last jam, she uh, hit the jammer out and ran back on her, and I was, even though we lost, and we, you know, I was so proud, because, like, Everyone, no one gave up. Like for the first time, and this whole time I've been doing this, we didn't give up, even though the game had been decided many, many minutes before that. Like we still tried, and we we fought back. So it was amazing. Yeah, uh, I think sometimes as Christians, we just we just need that Jesus hug. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was that, that was an I didn't, I didn't just compare Every, Coach Cotton to Jesus. Everything sucks. I, I, You're I, gonna get your ass kicked, but I love you anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here you for you. That's that's what that was. Make sure you bleep out the sinner's words <laughs> when she used. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> Derby is in its own way now. just this extended production of Godspell. There's the colorful stuff and all that. I mean, look 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 at everybody in the cast of that. That's Derby with the names and all that. But we are all on this higher purpose to be better. We are following someone who we occasionally turn on, tie him to the fence and ribbons and all that sort of thing. Sorry. But, you know, the rest of the time, it really and truly is uh, this path to enlightenment and making yourself better and making your community better. Because one of the things that I, I learned early on in Derby with my original league, which was the Los Angeles Derby Dolls, if the city's name is in your league's name, you have to be more. You have to be better. You are representing Flint City Derby Girls, Flint Roller Derby. doesn't matter. Flint is first and foremost, and we want our city to be proud of us. We want, uh, we want, we're proud of our city already, but it really and truly is. We want to be one of the positive things that people look at with this team. We want to be one of the things that they look at and say, look, these are your wives. These are your daughters. These are your sisters. And nominally your sons, um, but you know, but but they're out there doing. They're doing community service. They're being examples of how to be. Yeah, we're also a bunch of scrubs in different ways. We wouldn't be in Derby if we weren't. Um, you know, things that kind of pinballed us to that. We weren't here on this path to excellence. We were on this path to doing something bigger than ourselves, and that really is. I mean, for your listeners, part of that whole thing. And yes, I am preaching a little bit. Because everybody wants to do that. He just went into pastor that. mode. Cue yeah. the pastor it, mode but music. In theory, but, ser- but seriously, that's what this team does. And we want to be an example. Like, hey, everybody can do this. You can contribute. You can become part of some group. Look out for the people in your group, in your tribe, in your congregation, whatever you want to call it, whatever you're part of. Because let's face it, a, a parish, a congregation is no different than a derby league. All right, we're... We're getting close to uh, wrapping up on time here. Explain for us uh, 2016. You guys look like a completely different transformed team. Yeah, this year um, we got past teaching the fundamentals of roller derby and the system that we wanted to do. We we had established that. We kind of started getting it down, and we left the last season confident and hungry uh, to just win division two, you know, like we were like, okay, if we can win division two this year, then we can propel the division one and then we can keep going, uh, to maybe national stardom at some point. Uh, but, uh, what happened was we just, um, it just clicked, uh, everything started working and we, uh, started winning big. 
we we hardly lost this season. We didn't lose a single game we shouldn't have, and we won a couple that we maybe shouldn't have. And uh, and at every point we got better and better and better. And uh, it's 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 a pleasure to watch. Like I. Every day I come home from practice and I want to get on the internet and gush to the world about this amazing thing that I'm watching, you know, uh, and you know, we only, I only get to show it off like four times to the whole city. And it's, it's like, it's sad. I want to show everybody like how amazing these girls are. And so ultimately what we did is we only lost to one team. We lost to Ann Arbor's B team, uh, which to put that in perspective, their A team is one of the best teams in the world right now. Um, there's like 13 to 1500 teams worldwide and they're in the top 30. I think they're 31 maybe. And so their B team is basically the ones that just barely didn't make it on the A team. And, and five of the girls that we played against this year have moved up to that, that nationally ranked team. And when we played them in the summer, they beat us pretty bad. We expected it. Uh, but we use that as kind of like the benchmark for the season. We knew that based on that game and the way that the Ann Arbor had been beating everybody else that legitimately we might be, we might be able to get second place in this tournament. You know, like it was the possibility, like that's probably the best we could have realistically thought to do. So we, you know, we show up. And at up. this point we're seated to be in division one rather than division two. Yeah. So we're, we're hoping to make second in division one instead of, Division two, like we had the year before. Yeah, to bring this thing full circle and Mitten Kitten 2016, you guys finished second place in Division one. Yeah. Uh, we, Having it, only lost to one team the entire season, correct? Yeah. And that, that, and that, that tournament, uh, was no easy road. Like we had, no, a, we was, had two wars in a row to get to that championship game. I mean, it was rough. It was, I mean, it was playing as hard as you can play every game. I know me on uh, our last game was Sunday. On Monday, I could hardly walk. Yeah, Jason and I went and saw we saw King's Kaleidoscope and Citizens and Saints. And I was like, please, Lord Jesus, don't let these young people stand. Yeah, like, Jess is covered in I don't want to stand. And like, of course, like everybody stands and I'm like in so much pain just standing there and i'm like i love you guys playing music but really can i just go home and sit in an ice so one of the things i want you guys to do for alex here because alex certainly hasn't taken in as much derby he's been as, really quiet tonight yeah well alex is operating on three hours of sleep he looks like a zombie right now well, silent when planet we get, when we get Norma to talking Jean. about derby we could all just talk forever also i feel like <laughs> So I want you guys go ahead and mock Jason. This will be the only episode you. Well, can Well, you that. know what? you do the stupid animal facts for Jason. Oh, and make me look like, and a that's fool. coming up. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some roller derby roller derby terms that I want you to try to take a stab at. And just try and guess them and see yeah, if I can see if you can figure so out. So we've come derby up with terms. a few terms, and we want you to tell us what they mean. Are they Based like, on your very limited okay. roller derby knowledge. I may not even know some. Well, this is my game, so shh. Well, I, I asked yesterday, I texted Nick and Ocho to kind of come up with a couple. And so, Ocho, Let's take Nick. three. Let's do three or four here and see if Alex can All figure right. out what they mean. 
I guess we could, we could, we could start with uh, my favorite, the soul crush. Is that where you just utterly humiliate a girl? Well, actually, it's where... Um, <laughs> <laughs> incorrect. Uh, Dang it! No. Uh, Basically, yeah. the soul from the body. <laughs> Is it like Temple of Doom where you pull out somebody's heart and it burns? Sort of. It's... It's that moment you hit you hit that girl out of bounds and then and then as soon as she hit her out of bounds you run back and then she has to turn around and run back just to come back in. So when we bridge back and you see that kind of thing, that's that's when you soul crush her because again she has to run all the way to the back just to start over again. So you're just demoralizing her. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, I know okay. the play, but I don't do even it think repeatedly. I, yeah. I don't even think I would even get soul. It's not yeah, it's not often referred to around here. You 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 say the name if you see it. You don't even know the name, but you see it happening yes. and you then you know the name. <laughs> <laughs> you see it on that jammer's face and you know she's just been soul crushed. Well, unless it's you, then you you outsmart it. I, I actually get my soul crushed, but I've watched you outsmart the soul crusher before. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, what's another one for Alex? Okay, I'm going to actually throw one that's not quite a concept anymore, but poodling. Oh, <laughs> I know. I no clue. Do you even know this, Ash? No, yeah, I Ash think this is, this is a fair. Yeah, this is like right 2008. Well, it was still being done in 2010. What was the term again? Poodling. Poodling. Dumbest what's, thing What's poodling, ever. Alex? Um... Gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. <laughs> I don't. This is unfair for you. You couldn't. Let's let know. Let's let Ash try because she actually yeah. knows yeah, survey, and I don't think she knows has any idea at all. Is it like trying to gather everybody to one side and then no. getting around? No. Is it something Incorrect. to do with fancy dogs? <laughs> it, so, so they're used to. So it, it's it's it, they they just recently updated the rules of roller derby. We're next year we're going to go by new rules, but the last time they had a major update, they eliminated what we used to call the minor penalty. So like if you elbowed somebody but nothing happened, they would give you a minor penalty, and if you accumulated four of them, you, you would a get major. a real penalty, a major penalty, and you'd have to serve time in the penalty box. So as a jammer, if you had three of these minor penalties, you didn't want as a jammer to just accidentally elbow somebody and get a penalty. So in and penalties were one minute at the time. So what you would do is you would line up illegally to start the next the jam as as a blocker, so that you would get penalized to just get it out of the way. So stupid. We didn't do it. Once I took over, that was a, a something that our at team what did not do. Point did it look like a poodle? I don't I don't know where the term came from. Yeah, there was actually a better term that was used in other regions of the country called cougaring, which was deliberately going after a minor. Dad joke. (laughs) True story. Mind blown. All right, two two more here for Alex. What do you got? Well, I had one that I wanted to ask Alex if he knew about. Does it have to do with like human anatomy? Eat the baby. Eat the baby. What's it mean to eat the baby? Oh yeah, Uh, eat the baby. Well, is that where you guys pick on? Somebody, I always like think they're violent. <laughs> like, is that where you guys like pick on the youngest person on the team? Like, oh, let's eat the baby. <laughs> That's a good guess. So I don't know. Correct. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, wrong. So Nick, do you want to explain eat yeah, the baby? You yeah, do a better it. job. This is a tough one. This is like this is like it requires 
like usually showing in person how to do it because even when I skittles, explained to the I mean, team, it was difficult. So what happens is the if the jammer hits the other jammer out of bounds and they run back on them, they have different rules that apply. So like if a blocker were to hit a jammer out, they have to stay within the pack and they can't go back more than 10 or 20 feet. However, the jammer can go all the way back. So on the start line, you'll see if one of the jammers lines up like on a outside or inside line, hit her out immediately, skate all the way back around the track. If she follows you and re-enters kind of in the pack, she gets, she loses a lap and now she's on minus one instead of zero. And so you have eaten the baby by sucking her back into the pack. <laughs> I, they, so the team actually, at the year, at 2014 Christmas party, I got a t-shirt from the team that says eat the baby on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's kind of what I was trying to explain for sure. Okay, so we have one last easy one. So this we, is an easy one? At least maybe for you because you'll have something to compare it to. The panty pass. Oh, I've seen this. Is that where uh, this is where a player who's the jammer somehow passes her panty, which is the thing that she wears on her helmet? The stars. She passes it to another player who's maybe at a better position to be the next jammer. Is that what it is? That's You're so close. Yeah, that's You're a pretty so good. Close. Yeah. yeah, you got that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> she, she she hands it to one specific person, the one with the striped panty on her helmet. But oh, that's who that person yeah, is. That's exactly of, what that's for. Yeah. yeah just yeah. one of the blockers wears another panty with just the stripe, and yeah, they can take the pass one time. They can accept it, and then they become the jammer. I, you did so good, Alex. I, it's, it's actually a 25%, which is a fail. So don't give it to me. Just don't give it to me. I, I'm not, I'm not going to win this thing easily. <sighs> well, do you have an animal facts? I'm ready for animal facts. All right, let's go to animal facts for do you Jason. Guys wanna, do you guys want to hang out for animal facts? Yeah. All right, Flint Roller Derby is going to hang on for animal facts here. And now it's time for Animal Facts for Jason, the part of the show where Jason learns something about animals. We are back to our everybody's favorite segment. I found out, Jason. Your didn't somebody you said somebody in your family loves yeah, this segment. My cousin Mackenzie. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, all Thanksgiving. I mean, that's all yeah. she talked about. <laughs> I think she was she was like probing me for more questions, and then was like even more shocked about how little I know about animals. It's, it, yeah, like everybody thinks this is an act. This is not an act. No, Jason really doesn't Jason know. Jason admitted into in front of his entire family that he would not be able to identify any waterfowl. Yeah, well, thanks to this segment, they I know what a waterfowl feet. is. <laughs> it's a place in the rocks where the water goes over. Yeah. yeah. I mean... Alright, <laughs> so... <laughs> if you're in the south... <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm glad you guys think it's all funny. By the way, we have we have the Flint City Derby girls and coaches who's dying, and and Ocho, who is the guru of Flint Roller Derby, has joined us for the segment to increase the mocking. Yes, yes. Come upon! It's me. not just me. I'm looking forward to crushing you, <laughs> crushing is... your soul. Oh, this is a, oh it's, it's a derby reference there. <laughs> anyway, so the animal that we've chosen for today is zebras because the refs in roller derby are often referred to as zebras because they have black and white stripes. Actually, let's start off our time together with a joke. 
<laughs> Just like what? a classic preacher, like, I'm going to throw him a joke to get him zoned in. What do... This is so bad. What do zebras and Michael Jackson have in common? They wear one glove. They can't decide if they're black or white. That's terrible. That is awful, Alex. Too soon. I'm going to cut that joke. No, don't cut that joke out. I I found it on zebrapuns.com. That's a legit... (laughs) That's a legit site. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So some animal facts for you, Jason, because you know nothing about zebras. You probably think they're just like horses that somebody painted. painted? (laughs) (laughs) So actually, zebras, the stripes, each zebra has its own unique set of stripes. Like a fingerprint. Exactly like a fingerprint. You're catching on. (laughs) This is cute. I like this. Actually, so the age-old question, is a zebra black with white stripes or are they white with black stripes, has been answered, Jason. They are black with white stripes. Did you know that? I would I would think the opposite. You would? Like, legitimately. No, well, if you get down to their actual skin past the fur, <laughs> they have dark skin, so it's black with white stripes. Why are you laughing? Nobody else in this room knew that. That's impressive. You know how much a zebra weighs? Anywhere between four to 700 pounds. <laughs> so, you know, think about that this Christmas season. You don't want to blow it out to a zebra size. No. Zebras only get to be about five foot high maximum. So you're taller than a wow. zebra. Short and fat, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of... They're like, kind of like the hobbits of, of the horse family. That's kind of like a dad bod. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Dad bod. laughs> So, like, if a horse is, like, really rocking its body, I'm more of, like, a zebra. Yeah. <laughs> you and I are both zebras. <laughs> both zebras. Short and fat. Uh, zebras have one of the most powerful back kicks. Uh, they've been known to kill their pre- kill prey or the or the animals that prey on they're them. They're vegetarians. Another zebra fact. Yes. They don't Thank have you, prey. Jess. Yeah, Jess did no research The people that, the, the animals that prey on, on them. <laughs> Gosh. This is my segment, Jess. <laughs> Zebras have as good a vision as uh, night vision as owls. I don't know how they tell that Holy stuff. Crap. Yeah, but they, like, they look at the eyeballs. Out? Yeah, maybe. Actually, another interesting fact about zebras is they believe that zebras are the only other, one of the only animals in the animal kingdom that can see in color. It's funny because uh, they're black and white. <laughs> <laughs> but this wow. is the, this is this is how absurd it gets. Which I don't even know how they can tell this. They said that the only color that they can't see is orange. So that's why they don't how celebrate do they Halloween. I don't know how they know <laughs> this. So many people have tried to ride zebras because they look very much like horses, but to no avail because, one, they are very hard to break and domestic... Or dom- ah, I can't even say it. Domesticate. Domesticate. Thank you. So, And they also have Who's really the weak... <laughs> they also have really weak backs, so they can't really support a human passenger. Plus, they're so short, you can like run along with yeah, it the seems zebra. Like your legs would be stretched out too far if you're trying to ride it. You know, it's so short and fat. You just got you're like doing the splits trying to ride the zebra. Um, did you ever see the Swiss Family Robinson? They rode a zebra. Yeah, but it was like a little kid riding a zebra. It was a little kid riding. Well, a zebra. Why wouldn't they have like the same bone structure as a horse? Tanya because Roberts rode a zebra, and Sheena, uh, Queen of the Jungle. 
Ooh, yeah, oh, it wasn't a real zebra. It was a it was a fake zebra. By the way, <laughs> if you ever go to Tijuana and get your picture taken with the zebra, it's a bleached burrow. <laughs> True story. You can't cross mate between all the different like people have cross mated donkeys and horses because it's like you know what's really fun having a donkey that's striped. You know what I mean? People really do that. Yeah, people they really do that. Do that. Why? I have my picture with one. Because it's fun, Jason. You don't know it's like making up animals. your own animal. <laughs> anyway, this is my this is my last animal fact. These have been really quick, and I just want to thank again our guests for being here. It's been really fun. Lots of laughs. Oh. <laughs> We'd like to think maybe you learned something, too. <laughs> but the most famous zebra is a zebra named Yipes, who is the mascot for Fruit Stripe Gum. The best gum in the world for about 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and then it loses its flavor. And it's like, come on. But that they, that they I did in, know. They throw in the temporary tattoos for, you know. Oh, I forgot about the temporary tattoos. Longer than the flavor of a gum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jason, those are, those are my animal facts. I hope you learned something. I, I Maybe. <laughs> oh my, my, my problem is the retention of it. That's, <laughs> that's where I struggle. But like like always, like I'm glad we have these segments on here so I can go back to them. Yeah, and so you can you can listen to them and learn. I learn something whenever you do these, Alex. Thank you. Yes. Because even I pride myself on knowing many animal facts, unlike my husband who knows no animal facts. One of these days, it's going to be a Jeopardy question, and you're going to be a contestant, and you're not going to know, and you're going to be like, man, but here's I should have listened like, to Alex. When is the next time I'm going to see a zebra in the wild in Michigan? Well... Never. Never, because they live in Africa. Well, and that's my that's my whole point. So why does it matter if I know okay. it's zebra? Because they're God's creation and they're cool. You know what is important in Michigan is knowing that you can't go up to a bear and like pet it because it's not related to a dog. <laughs> We're just gonna keep beating that drum. <laughs> oh my gosh. They look alike. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Anyway, Jason, do you got any final thoughts for, for our guests here? No, I just want to thank you guys for coming on. It's like super late at night on a Monday and everybody's got work and different things to get to. And here you guys are on a churchy podcast sharing your story with us. And I just wanted to thank you guys for for coming on. Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, the ha- Halloween candy and the beer. You got me. I'm hooked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are we are actively eating all, all of our children's Halloween candy. Yeah, if I get beer and candy, I'll be on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> but th- thank you so much, though. We appreciate it. Check out local ro- roller derby. Oh, yeah. Maybe we should do that. Like, uh, what do you guys got coming up? Like, I know you're kind of on the off season, but like... You we guys have a got- boot camp for new skaters coming up in January. Yeah, do you have any dates locked in for that? Uh, yeah, I think January 8th 7th is, or the 8th, yeah. It's the 8th. It's the first Sunday in January is the first day of the boot camp, and it's going to run Sundays and Wednesdays for, I believe, six weeks. And then our first ga- home game of the season is May 20 So boot camp is, is for people who uh, maybe want to take a look and see what roller derby is like. How old exactly. can you be to join that? Like 18. It... You have to be an adult. Oh, okay. Um, so I can't we send We have Ada. in the past let... No. Um, I already have her derby name. We have in the past let like older teen <laughs> girls come to our fresh meet if we know like they're going to be turning 18 and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's for adults only because you know you can't hit a minor. 
<laughs> as much as you want to. Wow. I feel like roller derby would be the perfect place to hit millennials. You know what I mean? <laughs> you are a millennial, Alex. I don't identify with those people. Actually, currently, it's a good time. We have a lot of young players. So if you want to beat up on the millennials, January is the time. <laughs> what about any place where people can check you out? Like uh, websites or... You can find us Facebook? on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. Twitter. Twitter. We'll include links to those in our show description too. So Absolutely. And everybody out there knows a space with approximately 110 by 70 feet (laughs) that'll fit a bank track. Pillar placement's a little bit of an issue, but otherwise let us know because we got this amazing track we just just can't set up. Seriously. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming on and hanging out with us tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, guys. Dude, Alex, three great interviews in a row, man. Uh, you're telling me. I feel like we're just cranking these interviews out, like one after another after another. And I feel like they all kind of follow this like consistent theme, like people's stories. And yes. I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the theme we're we're tracking with here. That's what we're hoping for. Maybe we, maybe we need stories. to just like to change our uh our like bio on our website because we're not two guys going through seminary anymore. It's more like two guys hearing people's stories and then making fart jokes along the way. <laughs> I don't think I've made a single fart joke to date, Alex. <laughs> well, there's my daily fart joke. <laughs> You're a loser. That was terrible. Uh, but anyway, we, I mean, we had Tim Goodrich on. We had yeah. the Inglorious Pastards yes. on last week. And then this week we had the Flint City Derby Girls. Who, Such an awesome interview. Dude, Ocho was hilarious. Yes, absolutely. All of his church references and <laughs> built into roller derby. My favorite was when uh, when everybody was asking me the different roller derby terms. And I just thought that all of them were like some sort of like violent like thing that players did to one another and that wasn't the case no i mean it's all it's, there's 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 so much strategy tied up into roller derby yeah like it's a lot more complicated than i thought but it's still like on the surface level it's entertaining to watch absolutely i i would agree with that yeah statement. and the handful of games you've been to i mean you can you can attest um i there's very few sports that i'll sit down and watch like i won't watch football or basketball mainly it's just hockey and the occasional, actually, water polo. I did like water polo I did, this I year. I like water polo, too. But roller derby, when you were like, Alex, you want to come to the game? It's only eight bucks. It's like, that is a cheap date. And if you have a local roller derby team, take your sweetheart on yep. a cheap date to go watch roller derby. It was. And, uh, and it's so much fun. I think on M Live a, a while ago, they had like a list of like top 10 cheap dates. And roller derby was on that list. Really? Yeah. Like it's just it's it's good. It's just a entertaining afternoon. Absolutely, and it's something you can get hooked on too. But I just think I I wanted to have them on because I wanted to highlight the story kind of 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 our church opening their doors for the team to practice. I mean, how often does that happen? It doesn't. It uh, it doesn't happen often at all. And it's like if you're if you're thinking of two groups of people that are really opposite. You found it yep. with the church and roller derby, but some there's so many similarities. And Ocho talked a lot about that, but like, I think it's just incredible to me. And it's like this is one of those things that I think in our podcast, like we do have some critiques of the church, and there's some there's sometimes that we'll 
we'll kind of call out some hypocrisies that we see, but at the same time, we do want to champion some things that the church is doing right. And this is an example of that, the church reaching out to a group of people that's different. Than yeah. I, I think it's just that, that chance where the, the church has a chance to do something right and they do it. And as you said, that's something that I want to, I want to champion. And I, I want to make the point too, like, if everybody kind of like us are in our shoes, you know, maybe you got hurt by the church or you disagree with maybe some of the theology of your church and mm-hmm. you just up and leave, then that opportunity never happens. Yeah. Because this this whole opportunity got brought about by us being part of the church and saying, hey, our roller derby team is really hurting in the community. They're, they're out of skaters, they're out of money, and they need a place to practice. Will you open the doors? And the church had a chance to say yes, and they did. And that wouldn't have happened if we were out of the church just jaded by some little area where we got hurt. And I know it I could say that in our in our case and in a lot of a lot of cases, especially throughout the Midwest, you may not have that same opportunity. But if everybody's pulling out of the church, the church never gets that opportunity. Right. And instead we get stuck on these stupid theological Battles, which is, I, I always say theology is for people who aren't really moving. <laughs> that's like, that's like my trump card uh, on the, theology debate. Like, okay, we can discuss at what point somebody's saved, but how about we just go out and feed the poor? Like, right. Give, give food to people who need it instead of having the debate. Let's just do the work. Mm-hmm. And to me, a lot of those theological discussions go away. Like, yeah. Like, I, I don't care how essential baptism is to you when we're both feeding the hungry side, side by side. Yeah. That debate's pointless. Exactly. Anyway, uh, shall we move on to housekeeping, Jason? Yep. few housekeeping things as we wrap this one few up. few housekeeping things. So if you've been following us and if you've been listening to our commercials, we have Skype calls with Santa uh, you can Skype with Santa, you can have your kids Skype with Santa, and it's really, really simple. All you have to do is leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That's all you have to do. And then after you do that, shoot us an email, write us a message on Facebook, letting us know that you did that, and we'll give you special instructions on how to Skype with Santa. Now, the, the, the ticker is, this is, this, is the, this is the disclaimer and why I'm saying this at the end of the episode, you have to send us an email by December 19th if yep. you want to do the call because after that point Jason and I won't be able to field the calls and we just won't be able to do it. Yeah, we get into the holidays and it gets messy. So so the 19th is their last shot. Yep. And then also, what else do we got, Jason? Um I you know what? I just wanted to thank the Inglorious Pastors yeah, once dude. again because they kept sharing our episodes. <laughs> they doubled like just because of them sharing our episodes, like doubled our Twitter followers. Yeah, that's so funny. From like, like six to twelve. Like yeah. we're really moving. No, up. we're up to like forty something now. <laughs> oh, that much? Yeah. All right. It was pretty crazy because Alex and I don't do the Twitter that much. Gnarly, dude. But I know they're they're really heavy on it and no, I'm just really thankful for them because we didn't ask them to do any of that. And they just, they did. Yeah. And just really, really awesome people doing some really awesome stuff there. So, uh, again, I just wanted wanted to throw that out there. If you haven't checked out their podcast yet, go back and listen to that episode and go check them out on Glorious Pastards. Mm-hmm. Uh on our side of things, though, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, we have all of those platforms where you can follow us. Or if you're like, you know what, I'm kind of old school, I don't really do social media, we have a website that you can yep. check out as well. Or 
If you want to get a hold of us via, I don't know, carrier pigeons. You can send carrier pigeons. We'll, yeah, we'll receive signals. them. Smoke signals. We'll, we take all of those forms of communication because we are a podcast that cares. Yeah, and we do. We, we truly care about you listening to this. <laughs> and we care about you guys getting a good night's rest. So if you're up late listening to this episode, it's over now. Say your prayers. Lay your head down on your pillow and dream of sweet, sweet sugar plums. Sugar plum. <laughs> well, just before we wrap up, we got one more episode closing out the year. Yep. And then we're going to come into next year. It's going to be season two, Alex. Season two. I can't believe we're making it to season yep. two. And I've got a mountain of guests lined up. Really? Yeah. You're working your butt off and I'm just kind of like changing dirty diapers at my house. Well, no, you're bringing, you're going to be writing some skits here. Oh, man. Anyway, we love you guys. See you next week. Yep. Thank you. Thank you.